Hey everybody, it's Jim Surik. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it, especially during these uh, challenging times that we're we're all facing. And hopefully, you're staying safe, staying healthy, and you and your family and your loved ones are following the CDC guidelines. And uh, I'm not going to go into that. You know what it is. We're, we're all in this together, and we'll come out even stronger. So I thought it would be a good time to sit down with a global executive search consultant um, in the med tech field. His name is Dave Ranker, and Dave currently works for the Mullings Group as an executive search consultant, as I said, and uh, he's also held some high-level, well, C-level roles in some of uh, the most premier device and biotech companies. Started his career out at U.S. Surgical, left there as the VP of uh, HR, and so He's gone on to build world-class teams and uh, leading uh, turnaround situations as well. So his experience, his breadth and depth of knowledge of med tech and being part of the Mullings Group, uh, really, I thought this would be an interesting conversation considering all the challenges we face. So I know there's companies that are really challenged out there. I know some um, possibly could be shuttering their doors soon and um, others that are trying to find funding to keep businesses going and um, some of those startups that were in the process saying it's a scary time. I've got friends, like I said before, that are 1099 reps and they're 100% commission and all the cases are shut down. So everybody gets on edge. So... Um, Dave and I, we, we, we talk about, I ask him a lot of questions about his perception of this marketplace, what people should do, if they're getting nervous, if they want to start looking for a new job, get ready for that. We've got a lot of time on our hands, what we could do to prepare ourselves for the unknown. So we, we dive into a lot, I'm not going to go into it here in, the, in this intro, but uh, it's well worth your listen, and I know we all have time. So without any further ado, let's get at it. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Medical Sales Nation. It's Jim Surik. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, I have uh, a guest on, uh, David Ranker. And uh, Dave has been a global, is a global executive search consultant. He's held C-level roles in some of the most premier device and biotech companies. He has a history of building world-class teams, leading turnaround situations, and uh I want to welcome you to the podcast, Dave, and maybe you could tell uh, the audience a little bit more about yourself and what you're doing now. Sure. Thanks, Jim. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, I started uh, back with one of the original um, medical device companies, uh, U.S. Surgical Corporation. Uh, sure. I was the vice president of human resources there, and um, it's where I cut my teeth. I was there for 13 years, and then... Um, when there was the uh, Tyco did the acquisition of U.S. Surgical, I stayed on with the new company for about six months, and then and then got out and um, uh, set my own consulting business. And then after that, got a call from uh, Stryker Corporation and joined them and spent another uh, probably 11 years, both in HR and uh, a GM role um, on the biotech side. So. Um, 
that captures my experience in a nutshell. Uh, currently, um, with the Mullings Group right now, and we are, uh, you know, probably one of the the largest um, executive search firms focused uh, entirely on the medical device world. Um, and uh, you know, we have a fairly large firm. We're we're um, uh, we also have a uh, Joe Mullings is a maverick. Uh, and I've yes, been, he is. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the reasons why I was there. And it really, um, you know, Joe has created this whole new media world uh, where he has, we are uh, a media company as, as well as an executive search firm. So it, it gives us the ability to do, um, take our, our media approach into our search business and really help companies um, tell their story. Yeah, it's really impressive what you guys have done and created over there. Um, I I probably know more about what's going on in robotics, not probably for sure, because of Joe's work. Never really had much thought about it a year ago, and, and now I can't stop reading about it. So, <laughs> Well, me too. Right? Uh, robotics, robotics was a foreign language when I joined, so... Um, no, he is, uh, and, and that's Joe, you know, when, when he gets something in his mind, you know, he researches every single bit of it, bit of it until he becomes an expert, you know, and can talk logically. So he's, um, he's, uh, he's done, really done a great job and, you know, we've sort of have that robotic specialty in our uh, portfolio now. Yeah, no, it's great. Well, good. Well, Dave, you know, we went back and forth a little bit on email uh, about getting you on the podcast because... Obviously, the world's crazy right now with uh, the coronavirus, and there's a lot of things happening. Uh, I should say a lot of things not happening in in the med tech space and, and uh, biotech space, but there are still you know some good things going on. And uh, I did get a few you know messages through LinkedIn and text messages um, from some folks that were asking to learn a little bit more because as you can imagine, there's a lot of people nervous right now. I've got a lot of friends that um, are in the orthopedic space, 1099 reps for distributors whose cases have dried up because elective surgeries are gone, small companies are hurting, um, non-essential med tech sales reps are just not allowed into the hospital. I had a friend call me and uh, who sells hips and knees here in Chicago. And he said it was like walking into the hospital is like almost walking into an airport going through security. And uh, so it it gets people on edge, but I think, you know, there's some, you know, we're going to come out of this and um, there's some sanity behind it. But I thought from your perspective and, uh, uh, you know, from that executive search, you know, perspective and your personal perspective, the, I'd like to understand your 50,000 foot take on the impact the coronavirus is having on the med tech biotech marketplace currently. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought that we would be here, you know, um, you know, battling this battle and, um, yeah, so we're, we're you know we see in general there are still some some companies that are uh, you know, I'd say on the um, uh, smaller size early commercial companies who have some money, um, uh, especially if they're non-surgical items uh, or or devices um, that are still 
moving forward on, on uh, hiring. Um, we've seen a huge drop off, you know, on some of the other some of the other companies that are more surgically related, because as as you said, you know the the, the discussion about reps in the in the operating room is is now becoming a a real a real discussion. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've I've got two good uh, orthopedic related customers that were. Um, you know, we were gun ho a month and a half ago on finding uh, regional sales managers um, uh, for for one of them. The other one was uh, brand new. Let's hire a sales team. Literally overnight, um, they put those on pause um, just just because you know they they can't afford to, to take people on right now. Um, because the reps aren't getting into the uh, into the cases, yeah, uh, and there's no cases going on, <laughs> and yeah. that's, you know, and, and that's a problem. Um, you know, it's um, you know, so it's it's really it's a really difficult time, and, and uh, companies are doing everything they can to to try and keep employees and um, keep them as whole as they can be. Um, you know, we see it in some of the larger. The larger orthopedic companies where they're struggling with, you know, how to keep the, these enormous sales teams on board, motivated, uh, doing the right things. Um, you know, we're seeing a variety of ways to do that from a from a comp from a comp level. But you know, I think everybody is is getting hurt in some way with this. I mean, I I know even you know at, at the Mullings Group, Joe's had to make some tough decisions and you know cut back on on some, uh, some draws and things like that and um, really ask, ask people to chip in and help. Yeah. Well, and, and that's interesting So, because this audience is mainly commercial folks um, mm. that are in the med tech space or those wanting to get into the med tech space. So the big companies, the big ortho, um, ortho companies you're talking about, you said, you know, they're trying to keep their – their sales force motivated have to figure out the comp plan because they're not selling anything. What beside the current situation, how, how do you think they're thinking about it six months from now, a year from now, or is it just, we, we can't even think about it because we got to get through this. I don't know if it, is it 30 days, 90 days, 120 days? Yeah, I think they're planning, you know, for the future. I mean, I, you know, these are, Big companies, they got a lot of people to, to you know, sort of think through this. Um, you know, I think we're going on the, you know, the premise that um, as horrible as this is, and it, and it is, um, it will end. Right. Right. And, um, you know, it's something that, that we got to get through. And I think the big companies, that, that's why they are trying to do everything they can to hold people in place um, to, uh, to be ready. Yeah. You know, three months from now, yeah. four months from now. Yeah. Well, it's in, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, it's not as if one, this impacts one company, it impacts all companies. So it's not like as sales folks in the, on the commercial side are going to go run to another company. So I think, yeah. you know, it's just a matter of hanging in there. And, and like you said, what you guys are doing is pitching in you know, to keep the company moving and, you know, everybody's going to be impacted by it. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I know you mentioned, you know, the, the smaller companies that are about to hire decided not to, but those non-surgical ones, um, 
are still hiring. And, you know, that, that brings, you know, my thought process to digital health, predictive analytics, artificial intelligence, as they're, they're all combined. Is, is that what you mean by that? Yeah, you must have been talking to Joe Mullings. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, the, that's where the focus is. Um, you know, I think, um, obviously right you know right now any of the um, companies that can put out ventilators and, and things like that are are, are are you know really really moving but yeah I mean I, I think that that's where we see it we, we see more next you know so it was robotics and now what's next uh, you know so that, so that I think that's where we're seeing a lot of movement yeah in uh, and, and it makes sense it was moving in that direction anyways but um I, I think I don't know. So this is the crazy thing about it, right? So this 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 virus obviously is you know you call it a pandemic and it, it's causing strain everywhere. Um, and there's this need, and there's always been this need. I not should say always, but in the, at least in the last ten years, for some sort of telehealth, telemedicine approach, and. Do you th- and it's you know very important, especially in rural areas where if people can't get to the hospitals. But do you think just with this change in the marketplace that it's going to hospital hospital systems, you know the big IDNs of the world are going to look at telehealth to push it even faster now because of this, um, or do you think they're just going to continue to to go the pace they were going? No, I think this changes the game. You know, I, I really do. I mean, I was talking to somebody today and we were talking about the <clears throat> just the changes that this is going to bring about in our in our society. And, and I think the telehealth thing was, uh, you know, was, um, um, you know, it was sort of, you know, we looked at it and oh, interesting, you know, but geez, you know, is that ever really going to be a thing? Right. You know, and uh, a good um uh, a good friend of mine uh, uh, was the um, CEO of a company called In Touch, and um, and they they had just merged with another company. And I talked to him a lot about this a um, few few months ago, um, and what he was doing and all that. And even I walked away basically saying this is never going to happen. I think it's I think it's happening, and I think it's going to personally. I believe um, you know that it's here to stay. You know, I had to. Um, uh, I'm on a I'm on a medication and I was having trouble with it, and called my own doctor and said, "Hey, listen, um, you know, I just want to talk to you through this. Can we up the dosage, lower the dosage?" And um, they said, "Well, you why don't you come in?" And I said, "Well, gee, with everything I'm hearing, I'm not sure I want to run into your office." Yeah, right. right. And they said, "Okay, great. We'll schedule you for a um, for a, uh, a telemed." Discussion. So I did personally did my, you know, a last week, my first um, tele telemedical uh, discussion with my doctor. Oh, no uh, kidding. And it, yeah. And it was, you know, it, it was very interesting. And um, obviously, you know, before, you know, I had to take my temperature, I had to uh, do my blood pressure, all that kind of stuff. But it was, you know, it, it went absolutely fine and saved me from having to uh, go ex- expose myself. So, you know, I think I think it's going to become become more of a norm. And, and even even there, you, know, you think about that not being able to get to the doctors. You know, a lot of our 
our elderly people, you know, it's not easy for them to, to get up, get out, drive to the doctor's office. If they can set something up and have somebody there with them to, you know, to uh, uh, be able to do this in home, uh, then, you know, that's a great benefit. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that next stage is having remote diagnostic tools where, you know, like you said, you took your temperature and your blood pressure um there's going to be devices that are on the market, coming on the market, that are going to, you know, take a look at your heart and send that EKG to the doc, and they can see it, you know, from a distance. And more and more of that, I think, is going to be very important in the in the coming years. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. And uh, so, you know, from that perspective, things are changing. Do you see then hospital systems? So, you know, with uh, just to be clear, I mean. Hospitals have been trying to limit rep access to to doctors and providers within the system, um, even within doctors' offices. Do you see this situation enhancing that um, limit of access into the hospital um, for for reps going forward? Do you think this is something that the hospital systems are going to lean into and say, you know what, we can't um, afford the risk of having reps coming in and out of the hospital all the time. Yeah, you know, I don't, I mean, as you, I mean, as you know, um, this repless discussion has been going on for a long yeah. time. And, I, you know, I, I think it'll have a, it'll put a dent in it. But I think, it, you know, as you know, there's that very, very critical um, relationship um, that you guys do with the surgeons. Um that is very, very meaningful, right? In in both you know educational training, being able to be there, you know, with the product. So I think I think there'll definitely be a dent in that in that um, process. But I but I still think that there's you know that rep plays such an important role. I think it would be be hard pressed to say that. Um, they be completely out of the picture. I, you know, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, and that's where where the differentiator is. Is it a, you know, is it a pacemaker? Is it a, you know, a spinal uh, trauma tumor type case versus a, you know, a non-essential product um, where reps just want access to get the product used? Um, I think I think that, and that, this is my opinion. I think that's where hospitals are going to go. What can we control? And the surgeons that need that rep in there for, and it's that it's a relationship built on trust and experience um, for making sure that the case goes well versus others where, you know, it's a non-essential product. I think, I think in that perspective, it's going to get more challenging for those reps to get into the OR. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I agree hundred percent. And it's um, there's a lot, there's a number of reps in that situation. So, um, it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I know we talked about um, you know the startups and putting things on hold. I'm wondering how they're thinking about. I mean, this is what I'm thinking, so I'm wondering if they're thinking about it. It's it's a challenge. You know, I've been in the startup world my entire career, and so yeah. it's a challenge, anyways, to to build these um, sales organizations, these commercial organizations. Um, whether you're, you know, competing against the Medtronics, the Strikers, the J&Js of the world. Um, but do you think because of the things that we've talked about already that the startups are going to have even a greater challenge of getting 
access and and new technologies, not you know the digital health stuff that we talked about, but that um, implant um, and our product that just needs to be used in the OR. I mean, do you do you see do you think the companies are thinking about that differently right now? Um, yeah, I think they should be. You know, I think because um, we don't know what is coming, right? We don't we don't know what the you know sort of the end result is, and I think they'll they will need to um, really be smart, right, about their um, you know the the way they go about selling their product. You know? Yeah, and I, and I and I think that's going to be. Um, I, I think they'll they'll have a. I think they'll, they'll, again, as we said, I think there'll always be reps going in, being able to get in there. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, I think the startups are going to, you know, are going to just have to be smarter about it right? yeah. and, and use every means they can. Um, you know, if they're not in a surgery, it doesn't mean they're, you know, they're not out, you know, talking to docs and in their offices or, or, or after surgeries, whatever. So, um, no, I, I think, I think they'll be fine. I think, you know the capital side. I think will um, it's going to take a little bit of time. It's, a, it's it is as you know a longer process, sales process. So, um, but you know, you know, no. I think I think they're they're just going to be smart about it. Uh, you know, I know the two that companies that I'm, I'm working with uh, right now that you know we put on pause. I mean, they're really doing a great job in looking at how. Um, how they how they they launch how they go out um, you know I had a discussion with one of them where um, their thought was that you know all right let's you know if we're gonna hire you know five people uh, five different cities uh, you know we should probably talk to you know probably get one and attack New York first well I think it's gonna be a while before New York yeah. is sort of open, open for business, you know, and it, this was for Northeast region. And so he said, well, you know, why don't we go and look at sort of your one through five in the Northeast instead of starting with one, let's start with five. Cause yeah. it's the most, it's the most remote rep, you know, um, in, in the bunch, um, you know, and then, and then, you know, you can get out there get your feet wet, um, and, and, you know, get some revenue generated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, it's even from a funding standpoint, what people sometimes don't understand is these venture firms, they raise, you know, uh, an amount of money to be invested in MedTech. So $500 million, call it. That money's not coming from Bank of America, right? Or, you know, Chase, JP Morgan. That money was invested by multiple different people in firms and companies, um, pension funds as well. They need that money invested. They can't just yeah. sit there, right? And so there may be a pause, but eventually that money is going to go and get back to work because there's just so many great things that are going on in the med tech space right now. Yeah. I think it's just a it's a pause, but it's it, you know you say it's a pause, but it could be a, a six month pause, and that and that gives people you know indigestion, if you will, you know, yeah, no, you, know. I, you know, it gives me indigestion. You know, I mean, I think. Um, but I, we all agree. I mean, we, we, we all agree, you know, in inside the, the Mullings group that, you know, I, we've, we've not seen this kind of innovation in many, many years. And the innovation hasn't stopped. And so I think, you know, the game may change a little bit as we've talked about and have to find, you know, uh, you know, 
to more digital solutions and, and things like that. But I think it's going to roar back. It just depends on when it roars. You know, when does that when does that start? And I think, um, you know, we'll see some trickle of that. You know, we'll we'll have a clearer picture. You know, in you know the end of you know end of May timeframe, mid May, we're at least be able to start to see how things are going. Um, and you know, at at the end of May, it may be, hey, you know what? It's another two months. You know, we just don't know. Right. But I do think, as I said, there's there's a lot of really cool companies out there doing some very very innovative things. That's not going away. Yeah. You know, it, it's 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 going to be there. And, and as I said, you know, it, it'll it'll come back. It'll come back fast. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, on that on that subject, so we'll be jumping around here a bit. But um, well, let's let's tie these two together. There are going to be companies that will downsize. It, it's going to happen. Um, probably not your larger, larger companies. I, you know, I don't know, but I don't think it's going to be massive, but you do have some startups that, you know, could be seven, you know, five, six, seven years into it have raised money and, um, people are going to be nervous about giving them some more money. So, um, you know, and, and, and I guess any recent startup as well could have that possibility. If, what advice would you have for somebody who, might be in that situation, is in that situation, um, where they're going to be downsizing, how should they prepare in this marketplace to start looking for new opportunities and then tie that into how do you, how do you and the Mullings Group find these new companies um, that have this innovative technology that um, the sales reps, the marketing folks listening to this could start researching to understand what is going on out there? Yeah, and, and so I mean to be fair, I mean, we, we've seen a number of companies. Um, you know, we get our our incoming calls is sort of uh, right now um, pretty high. You know, yeah. so there's a lot of people out there that have been affected by this. You know, they've been put on furlough, they've been laid off, they've taken significant cuts in pay. Um, so we're getting a lot of calls from people, and you know, we try and spend a lot of time. You know, with you know, with, uh, with people who are looking, um, you know, my, you know, it's sort of like, you know, if if you lose your job, you know, it's, it it hurts, right. It hurts. It hurts financially. It it hurts, you know, um, you know, psychologically and just, you know, just like that. I mean, people have to take advantage of this time. Sure. Right. And so if we, Everything we've been talking about. If three months from now, company is going to start recruiting again um, to bring people on, they need to be ready. They need to have. It's a great time to refresh their resume. You know, if their LinkedIn doesn't have everything on it that it needs to have on it, they're going to miss the boat. You know, so so I tell my friends, you know, listen, right now your LinkedIn is 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 probably more important than than your resume yeah right it has to tell your story because that's how all the recruiters we do it every every recruiting firm does it is you know that's kind of you know a, a starting point to say okay let's 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 do a search here and see what we come up with and then we you know we take it from there and use other other means um you know but but you got to be doing something you got to be making contacts you got to be calling companies search folks like myself the Mullings group, um, 
you know, it's, uh, you know, again, it, it's going to take some time. I, I think they also need to do some research, you know, um, do some research on, um, on where the, where is the innovation? Where is, where are the innovative smaller companies that, you know, have products at some stage with, with the, uh, with the regulatory bodies, right? Um, and there's, you know, there's, there's, there's ways to do that. I mean, you know, everybody's become very savvy in getting online, um, but they, you know, they really need to do that. They need to be ready to, um, you know, to, when, when the time comes to uh, be in a position where, where as companies begin to really hire back that they're, you know, their, their names, people know their name, they've made calls in before. There's a difference between, between being a pain in the neck and somebody who is professionally networking. Sure. And, and so, I, you know, I think, I think a lot of that will, uh, you know, pe- people just need to do their homework. So when you say, um, when you say homework, because I'll get calls from, you know, from this network, from my network asking me, you know, you know, I talk about startups and all these great technologies and I interview the CEOs from these startups and they ask me, you know, how, how do I find them? Now, the Mullings Group is different because, I mean, Joe's built this company over, I don't know, 25, 28 years. And um, the media attention that he's getting out of LinkedIn is, is just enormous. So you have a, you have a different perspective and view from, on that. But I'll tell people, I said, well, hey, there's a, there's a magazine, online magazine called MedTech Strategist. Yeah. Go, go, go look at that. Go, go subscribe to, to that. And you'll see all these great companies that are coming up. HealthEdgy.com. Has uh, a podcast and it's in digital health, it's in devices, biotech. So I tell people that. Now you said you know to look at regulatory bodies. If if I heard that correctly, what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, you know, it's what what companies have um, products somewhere within the the approval process. You know okay. that, that you know um, you know where they're you know they're they're building their their businesses based on. You know, hopefully, you know, a positive outcome from the from the FDA. Okay, and and I've never used that. So, would you just go to the FDA website and just start searching? What would you search for? Yeah, I mean, there there's a um, there is there's also a um, I forgot the name of it, but there's a site you can go in to see clinical studies. Um, you know, what clinical studies are are uh, are being done and, and at what stage? Uh, I can I can pull that out and. And uh, and shoot you a name. Sure. No, that'd be great. No, I know everybody would be be interested in that, but I think you're right. Now, as you mentioned, LinkedIn as being, you know, you, you've got to get that thing tight. Um, I just watched a video that Joe did. I think it was last week. I can't remember who he was talking to. Um, it was another recruiter that was out of uh, the United uh, Kingdom and. Uh, they were talking about branding and, you know, the old way of searching through your network um, is sort of dead. And yet the, and the LinkedIn, they'll provide so many opportunities to show yourself and rebrand or brand yourself. Um, what are your thoughts on that and how somebody should at least start doing that? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we, we do it with our, with our own team, you know, they, they all need to create a brand and it, and it is, you know, um, it's important, you know, and whether your, you, you know, your name is visible, is, is visible on a, uh, you know, somebody writes a, uh, 
an article or somebody posts an article that, that you that you like, you know, create, you know, make a comment, make a, uh, you know, just something like that. Post an article yourself on um, and it doesn't have to be very long. Just, you know, something you've been thinking about, um, you know, from from the field uh, or something that, that uh, you know, you you've you've read, you know, something in Wall Street Journal, something like that. It's very easy um, for you to sort of um, share those pieces online. And so your, your name is that attached to, you know, LinkedIn as uh, somebody who's sharing, you know, an article that you think is important. So there's there's definitely ways to do it. You know, it, it is certainly easier for us. I mean, we, you know, when Joe's got this, you know, this media company, um, but creating a, you know, creating a brand, not just sitting back and waiting for the phone to ring right. um, from, from a recruiter is, is, you know, really it's going to put you out in front um, in today's world. Yeah. And you know what I, you know, with this podcast, right, the Medical Sales Nation podcast, it was something that, you know, you and uh, we have a, well, you mentioned you as surgical. And uh, when I was over at Danik and sophomore Danik, Mark Laguidas came over at Trarig, and then Charlie Johnson was uh, um, came in as a as a training and sales consultant, and that's how we started this podcast is with with Charlie. And um, we threw it out there, and I got to tell you, the first time I threw a podcast out there, I was so nervous about what people would say, you know. And I start I started first writing articles, and then some posts, and. I, I think I almost threw up after I posted my first article because, you, you know, I'm not, I'll be honest, I don't have a Facebook, I don't have a Twitter, I, I, don't, I don't do those things, and that's more, I think, of, uh, you know, Southside Chicago guy going, hey, keep, your, keep some of that stuff private, and yeah. so, right, that's just the way I was raised, and, um, and so going out on that LinkedIn platform, that professional platform, and start throwing out there, you know, you get a little nervous. But I was shocked at how ninety nine percent of the people were just respond in a positive way and wanted to share and wanted more. And I tell people all the time when I talk to them, I said, just just throw something out there. Just yeah. it, like you just said, if you read something or you're going through something and you need some advice or some thoughts on it, you know, throw it out there and start that dialogue. And so when I started. So it'll, I think it's about a year and a half with this podcast. Um, I think I had 600 contacts. I think that was maybe the most. I'm up over 6,000. Right. Right. And, and that just starts to grow and you start to, and what happens is, is so for everybody listening, it's not a contest to feel good that you have 6,000 contacts or, you know, Joe's got over probably 50,000 contacts. I don't know what the limit is, but it's not a contest. When you connect with these people, you get more information because they're liking stuff. They're posting things. They're sharing things. So your world actually becomes a lot larger and the context in which you view the world becomes a much larger, deeper perspective on what's going on in MedTech. Yeah, absolutely. And, and all those people that comment, you know, you, you begin to um, create um, – you know, a network of people that, you know, um, you know, you just share same thoughts on um, on whatever the, the topic of the day is or or they will share a, um, you know, a, a different thought. 
right? Uh, but it's it's all a very you know it's all very good intellectual discussion. Right. And I, I remember when you and Charlie <laughs> started doing it, um, and but you know you've you've really come a long way. You've done a great job here. Oh, I appreciate it. Why did you laugh when you said that? <laughs> uh, you know, I, and whenever I talk about my old friend Charlie Johnson, I, I always feel good. So yeah, that, yep. So um, okay, so another question. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, college grads, okay. Yeah. I have a daughter who's graduating in May remotely from Chicago out of the University of Alabama, and um, you know her her uh, graduation ceremony has been canceled. Um, probably not going back until end of April to grab her stuff. But her her friends' um, job offers have been rescinded, and mm. it's not shocking. You understand it. What advice would you give these kids? And I do have college students that listen to this. Um, what advice would you give to them in this environment? Um, I, mean, I mean, I looked at my daughter. I said, I don't even think you can get a waitress job because the restaurants are all closed in Chicago. No, there's nothing. Yeah, right? I, I, yeah I've, I've got a, a son who graduated as well. And, um, you know, it is right now, it, it's very, very hard. You know, it went, it went from... Very hard for recent grads to harder, if if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, they got they just keep have to plug in away. You know, they they just have to not give up. Get on the computer at least for you know an hour a day. Continue to send out resumes. Continue to send out just hey, you know, um, listen, just want to you know remind you I'm here. <laughs> you know, you know, kind of things to to the companies. Um, you know, uh, hopefully when, again, when this all clears away, there'll be plenty of opportunities, um, for, you know, our recent grads because, yeah. you know, obviously they're the, they're the future of this, this crazy game. Yeah, no, it's true. It's and I would also give the same recommendation, um, to, to those college grads and get on LinkedIn. Do not, yeah. do not be afraid because your experience is limited. Go out there. Start asking questions. Read an article. Ask. Ask. You're not in a position to be able to promote your life experiences because it's limited. But you do have the right to ask a question and engage with people and thought and concept on something that you read to create an audience and get connected with people. Um, and uh, you know, once this the dust clears, you'll be in a better position than most if you do that. And you just can't be afraid. Yeah, you, that's exactly. You can't be afraid. You have to have your LinkedIn. Um, you have to network. You know, and you can't feel bad about it. You know, if somebody gives you a name of somebody and a phone number, send them an email. You know, send them. You got nothing to lose, right? Send them an email. Say, hey, listen, I, I, I hope you don't mind. Got your, your name and number. Looking for an opportunity down the road. I'll, you know, I will, uh, I'll work for free for, the, you know, for a period of time just to get the experience. Uh, they got to pull out all the stops, you know, because, yeah. you know, like you said, it, it's, it's just gotten harder for them. Um, and you're right. You know, uh, there's, there's, there are no jobs right now. You know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, I know Florida went on lockdown, uh, I guess, starting Thursday night. Um, it's not going to make it easier on, on people. Yeah. No, it's not. So so those, you know, those college grads that are out there, recent ones, come 
recent ones are ones that are coming up this May. Um, don't don't seclude yourself. You get online, whatever industry that you're interested in, and engage and find thought leaders and do everything you can because uh, it's a different world out there and, and make yourself active and keep your brain moving as well. I, I mean, Dave, even on that side, for, for guys like us, you know, you're home, you're sitting in your home office, what are you doing, in, you know, and what recommendations would you give to people just to keep active um, yeah. in this environment? Yeah, I mean, you got to get up. I mean, and do what you normally do. That's what I found is you know you gotta you gotta get up. You know, whatever, whatever time you normally get up that, to get to work, that that's what you gotta do. You gotta get, just you know get up and, and stay focused. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, and even for us right now, I mean, as we've talked about the markets, there's some challenges in the markets, um, but we're all doing the same things that we just advised these recent grads to do. Is you know. Call your call the people you've worked with, see how they're doing, make sure they're healthy, you know, um, you know, get on get on LinkedIn and write an article. I mean, you know, we all have to do the same things, you know, because, again, we're going to we will definitely break out of this. Um, and the sort of the message you sent message you send today We'll live three months from now when when companies start to uh, to get going again. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, well, as we come to a close on this thing, I think it's important because I told a few um, few people that I would have you on the podcast, and they're they're very interested to hear, you know, from your perspective, and obviously with um, you know your association with the Mullings Group and being a, a premier executive search firm. But the one thing that I find when people are asking me questions about this is that what's the magic secret sauce and of managing your career through this time frame and there you know i tell them there is no magic sauce um uh, your thoughts on that yeah i mean you know the, the the magic sauce that we had will probably change right um but but it's just you got to put the work in you know yeah. joe joe mongs always says right you got you got to put the work in and um, again, don't don't feel sorry for yourself, and and believe me, you know it's it's hard not to you know at these times, but um, get up, do what you got to do, get your you know get your correspondence out to, to people, um, don't get down on yourself, you know that all sounds nice and rosy, but you just you really you really do. I mean, you just got to keep at it, and, yeah. and you know when it all. It's all said and done, you know, and, and you know, we're this country's free and clear, hopefully, of this, you know, um, there'll be there'll be opportunities for everybody. Yeah, no, I agree. So um, I, I really appreciate your time on this podcast. And just to to kind of recap some of the things that we talked about is that, um, you know, the reps that are in big companies hang tight, hang tough. Um, and even if you're in small, mid-sized companies, work with your companies because, uh, it's not about you as an individual as much as it is about the company and keeping it strong. So when we do come out of this thing, um, you're ready to go at it as a team, as one. And I think that's incredibly important. Um, we talked about refreshing your resume. You know, take a look at your resume, go deep on it. You have the time and uh, update it. Give it to someone to, 
to take a look at or hire a resume uh, writer. Um, Sue Sarkeesian is one that I've had on the podcast before. And then the LinkedIn. And the LinkedIn, it's not just having a LinkedIn page, but as you said, it's just engaged through LinkedIn, whether it's your own post or sharing posts or um, uh, starting a podcast, whatever it is, but get active on that. And most importantly, um, you have to make sure that you have a picture on your LinkedIn page. Yeah, right? I agree. Oh, it drives me crazy when, when there's no picture. And yeah. for those listening, I, I, I listened to Joe talk about this that I think probably, Dave, you too, you, you might just not even pay attention to the person who doesn't have a picture on their LinkedIn page. Yeah, I mean, I think I think – it depends on what the rest of it looks like, you know, what the rest of the the the, um, the experience looks like. I mean, I just I think it's just always good because we can't get in front of uh, everybody we you know we interview and, and or or talk to or screen. So it is nice just to have a picture. Sure. There, um, you know, but it's just you know it just just engage with LinkedIn. I think as I think you were sort of going, you know, it's it's one thing to have a profile, and then you should have it so it really tells your story and what you want to do and how you want to do it and places you've worked. Um, but then it's taking that next step to really engage in LinkedIn, uh, you know, as a, as a tool really to brand yourself. Yep. Yep. So take that seriously in the research you talked about that you really got to research. You have time, take an hour or two a day to do some of this research. And like you said, go to the FDA website, look for approval processes and the clinical studies that are out there. And like I said, uh, MedTech Strategist online magazine, look at that. Healthagy.com, look at that. I'll, I'll put this yeah. in the notes for people to look at, but there's, there's ways to engage and you'd be surprised on clicking on one company and one article takes you to another company and another article. And next thing you know, you're looking at about a half a dozen companies that might spark some interest. And, um, so that's kind of the summary of, of what we talked about. Any any other advice, Dave, before uh, we let the medical sales nation go? Yeah, you know, as, as just to, to tail on your last your last discussion about articles, you if you just go on LinkedIn alone, you know, right? And I learn so much every single day by looking at articles that are written, um, companies I've never heard of, right? All of yeah. a sudden you look up, wow, they've got this they have this product and Here's where they are, and um, so I mean, I think I again, I learned so much by being on there every every single day. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have any really words of wisdom for anybody. I I, I think, you know, it's again as we've said, I, I think there's a lot of lot out there in startup nation that is you know still going strong. They've got um, some really incredible uh, innovation going on. Um, you know, um, a lot of the, the, the surgeries, as we've talked about, is pretty well known that they're, you know, they're um, they're slowing down, right? But I think, you know, I, again, I think it doesn't mean that, that people can't get out there and, and talk to customers and, you know, be there for them, um, you know, and, and just stay strong and, and do the things you need to do every single day to be successful. Yeah, I think that's a great way to, to, to end this is stay strong. You know, and and like you said, stay strong, but you got to put the work into it and putting the work into it will make you stronger. So, um, so Dave, thank you so much, you know, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I'm sorry, Dave, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, no, thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Um, and for the Medical Sales Nation, you know, hang tough out there. And until next time, keep selling. Thanks, everyone. Until next time.